are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Millard Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillardThomas24.myportfolio.com. Um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show, we got Arm Lynn, host of Locked On Marlins and Locked On MLB Prospects on the show today. We're going to be talking about the state of the Marlins, uh, where they're ranking in the division. We're going to be talking about their pitching staff and recapping uh, the D-backs' first loss of the series to Sandy Alcantara and the lack of offense with the bases loaded. So we're going to be talking about all that, talking about all that on today's pod. But first. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's jump in right into the conversation with Arm Layton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on the pod once again. We messed up his name the first time he was on here doing the introduction, but we got it now. Arm Layton, host of not just Locked On Marlins, but also Locked On MLB Prospects. We're going to be doing double duty today with Arm. Arm, say what's up once again to the D-backs listeners. It's been a minute since they've heard your voice. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's cool to do. Uh, I can wear both my hats now for this episode, which is rare. So we can talk Marlins D-backs. And then I'm excited to talk about some of the arms and, and players in the system. Uh, so there should be a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, and the game today is not going to be too much fun to talk about. But we're going to save that a little bit. Put that uh, on the back burner right now. Game's going on. We're recording this at uh, what time zone are you in arm? I'm in the I'm in the east, so it's at uh, ten o'clock right now for me. Okay, so it's a little late. So I appreciate you hopping on the pod today. Yeah, seven o'clock over here, six six fifty five PST as we're recording this. The bottom of the eighth just ended and pretty much killed my my hopes for the D backs coming in this game. So uh, congrats to you, Arm, for winning game one of this series. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wasn't sure how today was going to go, but you know, when you look at uh, what the pitching matchups are for the Marlins, I'd say this was the one that they felt like they needed. So I, I think it's going to be interesting the rest of the way. And, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the pitching situation. So <laughs> there's definitely some stuff to talk about there. Oh yeah, we're going to talk a whole lot about the Marlins on this pod. But I first want to start off because looking at the MLB standings, you know, the division standings, the Marlins, of course, are not where they want to be. They're in last place. You know, let's be honest, they're in last place. But on a positive note, they're the only team in the division with a positive run differential. So how is that possible? How are they the only team with a positive run differential, but last place in the division? Yeah, you know, the, the thing with this team is they've actually blown several saves. So it was a couple games where they're leading the whole game. They lost three games where you gave up one run or two runs in the last inning and you lose by one. Uh, that, that seemed to be the way that they really 
ran into trouble early on. And then when they win, the offense all of a sudden just explodes and it's not a great offense. So you're kind of surprised to see it. And I think that kind of helps offset the run differential. But the one good thing that the Marlins have going for them is that they have great pitching. So you always feel like you're in every ball game. The problem is you just don't know how many runs you're going to put up. And I think they're going to lose a lot of two, one ball games this year, uh, which should help the run differential, but may not help in the uh, win loss column. Yeah, and just speaking of their offense, it looks like you can make the argument their two best offensive players are not in the lineup right now and Jazz Chisholm and uh, Starling Marte. I know a little bit about Starling Marte. We traded him uh, to you guys. Well, we traded both of them technically to the Miami Marlins. So where, where's the offense coming right now if those two guys are out the lineup? Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And it's been really just the Jesus Aguilar show so far. Um, at, at one point, like at some point last week, he was leading the big leagues in RBI. He had 23 and just surpassed J.D. Martinez. And like he had just been locked in. And uh, that's been it. So Brian Anderson coming back for game one, huge. Obviously, he, he hits the three-run home run, which gave him the lead for a majority of the game. Uh, but that's the those are the guys that you really got to expect it from. You're expecting Garrett Cooper or Adam Duvall to step up, but they really haven't been doing it so far. So it's been really a one-man show with, with Aguilar. Yeah, and it looks like Corey Dickerson's having a pretty good season too, just looking at the splits. But yeah, as you mentioned, there there's not too many thumpers in that lineup right now that I'm really scared of, honestly. Like, if you're an opposing pitcher, like, is Aguilar the only guy that you think would put any fear into a pitcher's heart? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like Dickerson's been swinging a good bat, but you know, the power hasn't been there. He finally hit his first home run and it was like a meaningless point of the game. Top of the ninth, you're up big. And that's been the issue with Dickerson is typically he's a guy that can do some damage. And I always talk about that. So yeah, that's the problem. There's just no guys in the lineup right now where you're going to say, oh no, if I leave one, you know, over the middle there, he's definitely going to burn me. Uh, It's the major leagues. Anyone can burn you, but uh, you don't have that fear coming out that even somebody like a hot jazz Chisholm could inflict in you or a hot Adam Duvall, uh, which again, doesn't compare it to some of the better hitters in the game, but at least, you know, it's in the back of a pitcher's head, but right now they don't have that. Yeah. And it's still early on that, you know, Chisholm for a Zach Allen trade, but I know from my end, I'm feeling great about it. I mean, Zach Allen, of course, was hurt to start the year, but in his short D-backs career, the dude has been nothing short, phenomenal, uh, a Cy Young candidate. But how are you feeling on your side of the trade? I know you haven't seen Chisholm a lot. He's hurt now, but how are you feeling so far? Yeah, you know, it's a great question because this at this moment is the best anybody you know, involved with the Marlins has felt about the deal uh, since it was made, even since the day it was made. I mean, the day the trade went down, um, you know, you, you saw a lot of people excited about it. For me personally, I didn't love it. Uh, mm. You know, I know that the Marlins had a surplus of pitching and I like the idea behind it. But Zach Gallon at the time, we were looking at still a solidified number three, potentially a number two or one. And now he's looking like a solid number one. And with Jazz, high ceiling, but high risk and the Marlin system was riddled with that and they're paying the price with some of the guys that were high ceiling that just haven't panned out. I didn't want to see more risk taken on and Jazz was struggling a little bit. Now he seems like he's figured it out at the plate. You know, he's he needs to do it a little bit longer before we're going to say he's an all-star, but he has made some big adjustments and if Jazz can even be, you know, a fringe all-star you know, you may not have quote unquote won the deal, but I think Marlins fans can feel a lot better about it given that you got a shortstop and you still have a ton of pitching. 
Yeah, if he's like a Gene Sakura like level player, I think that would be still a pretty good deal for you guys. And I picked him up in fantasy. He's been pretty good before injury, so I've been pretty good, uh, pretty happy with Jazz. But is that really the only reason why they made the trade? Is it just because they have that gluttony of pitchers? I mean, why not just keep holding on to Zach Allen? It's not like he pitched that many games in a Marlins uniform before the trade, and he did ball out. He he was balling for you guys before the trade too. So if you guys, I mean, baseball nowadays, you see all these loaded staffs with the Mets and the Dodgers and the Padres why didn't the Marlins just kind of take a page out that book they already have the a strength in pitching just keep adding to that core I mean you you've hit the nail on the head that's the million dollar question because especially when you actually made the playoffs last year you know you you have a chance to be decent this year I don't think they're competing for the NL East but the, their team's been pretty decimated. I, th- I think you know, they could be competitive with that pitching. At least, you know, give teams some trouble and, and be right around 500. If you add Zach Gowan to the mix, now we're talking about one of the best rotations if Sixto's healthy in baseball. And that's something that I think is just, like you said, it's like that's a tantalizing idea. And you could go sign some bats. It's so much easier to sign bats than to sign arms. I, I was very surprised by it. The, the best explanation I think I can create for the situation was that Zach Gowan was a late bloomer, a very like mediocre uh, arm, even in college was nothing incredibly special. Uh, I think he was drafted like fourth, third, fourth round. And, you know, once he got in the minor leagues was solid through strikes, but just didn't have anything that jumped off the page. Then all of a sudden exploded that year with the Marlins. And I think the way the Marlins were looking at it is like, maybe let's sell high on this guy before he comes back down to earth. But the problem was he never came back to earth. Arm and I will recap the D-backs loss, the disappointing loss to the Miami Marlins in the first game of the series. But first, have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player value rises and falls based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher the value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside, or grab that blue chip vet who always is a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up today to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. 
They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so you can find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, I'm hoping he never comes back to Earth because, I mean, this year he hasn't looked as great as he has in the past, but still only one start with more than three earned runs allowed. Like that's been the story of his career. If he's on the mound, you know, he's not giving up more than three earned runs. He's just a quality start kind of guy. So I'm, of course, in love with the trade. Got to still get Zach Allen healthy. But speaking of health and injuries, uh, I've heard you mention Sixto Sanchez a couple of times and his injuries. Like, where is he? What's going on with the guy? I haven't looked into too many reports because I knew I was talking to the expert today. So I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, it was a little bit of a flare up right before the season with his shoulder and shoulders, shoulders are scary. I mean, elbows, of course, are scary, but shoulders mm-hmm. are like the type where if you really get into a problem with that and you fully tear it, like the recovery, the success rates are just not nearly as high as the elbow. And so the Marlins are always treading really lightly with six especially if anything flares up, they want to be careful with him. He has some history of arm issues and, uh, but he's already throwing again. I, I think the timeline that we were most recently given, it's a guess is about another three or four weeks until he probably comes back, but he is throwing and uh, that's, that's great. But you know, when you throw 101 in that frame, I mean, some people may say that that adds a little bit more strain to his arm. I think he just needs to focus on the mechanics a bit more, but the Marlins could use him big time right now. Yeah, and he's still pretty young, so there, there's definitely time for him to work that out because we only saw him for seven starts last year, but he looked pretty good in the 2020 season. So uh, the 2020 season, I mean, there's a lot of things you can say about it. I mean, for me personally, I'm just throwing it away as a D-backs fan. We're just wiping that year away from our memory. But for you as a Marlins guy, I mean, it was a pretty successful year for the Marlins. They made the playoffs. So do you think that was just a fluke year considering how the Marlins look now in last place, even though they still have a positive run differential? How are you feeling after that 2020 season? Do you think it was uh, a glimpse into the future? Do you feel like it was maybe a little bit more fluky for the team? You know, I feel like it's a cop out, but a little bit of both, okay. uh, you know, because the pitching really came together um, and, it, and I'll answer it more directly in 162 games slate. There's no way they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, that team, there's just no way. And then with everything that happened with them, with the COVID uh, outbreak, 19 yeah. players going on the IL, piecing together a bullpen of just indie ball guys and, you know, calling guys up from high egg like Humberto Mejia, who ended up being traded over to the D-backs now mm-hmm. as part of that deal um, for Marte, who I actually thinks a decent prospect. But they, they, he had no business being in the bigs. And, and the Marlins just had to do all of those crazy things. And I think the narrative just kind of just gave them this uh, nothing to lose kind of mentality. They had the whole bottoms feet, bottom feeders persona. And I think they were just kind of playing with a chip on their shoulder. And they knew it was a shortened season. So in a shortened season, you get hot for a couple of weeks, you're in business. And in a 162-game scale, you don't know that, and it's not the case. And it's probably harder to feel like you had a shot. That team always felt like it had a shot. And that's why I feel like they were better off in that 60-game season 
And I think they played well. And I think it was a sign of them improving, but it also, you know, was not indicative of like a team that is better than, you know, a lot of other teams in the league and a perennial playoff team. I don't, I don't think so, but I think they're getting there. The pitching really came together last year. Uh, the, the offense started to piece together a little bit, but I think this team this year, if healthy, is a better version of last year's team, especially with Marte and when he's healthy. And uh, this could be a team, I still think, that could push for 500, especially if they call up some of their studs. Yeah, I want to ask you, like, do you think, I mean, we know how good the pitching is. Is it good enough to carry this team into the postseason? Because, I mean, I feel like being the only team in your division with a plus run differential has to mean something. I mean, maybe if you guys clean up the back end of the bullpen, your closer situation gets figured out. You stop blowing these close games. Uh, do you think there's a path for you guys to be, I, I'm not saying a world beater, but a wild card team. I mean, maybe take the division. I mean, I'm looking at the NL East, the D backs are in fourth in the NL West, but they played in your division. They would be in first place. So why not uh, the Marlins being the top spot in that division? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the division, it it seems like, you know, one of the Mets or the Braves are just going to get crazy hot, but I really do think that this Marlins team can be playing meaningful games down the stretch and in September, Uh, whether whether it's probably for the wild card or the division, but I would assume the wild card if they're healthy. I mean, I don't think people realize, um, you know, even Marlins fans realize how much adversity they're facing right now. You had Starling Marte hurt, who's your best player. You had Brian Anderson hurt, who was one of your best players. You had, you know, Sixto Sanchez, your young star pitcher hurt. Eliezer Hernandez, also another really good pitcher that is banged up. Your starting catcher, Jorge Alfaro's hurt. And Jazz Chisholm, your rising star that had been the spark plug for your offense, also hurt. So it just goes on and on and on. And it's hard to win ball games like that. They're treading water. But when you have at least that average or slightly below average offense with the pitching staff that they now have. I think Sandy Alcantara has solidified himself as a frontline starter. Uh, we've seen Pablo Lopez solidify himself as a middle of the rotation type of arm. And then Sixto, the sky's the limit. And Trevor Rogers has been a huge boost to this team that they didn't have last year. I mean, he pitched last year, but he wasn't the same guy. It's really clicked for him. Just one rookie of the month. And he's been dominant. And so, I mean, this pitching is just is unbelievable. And if they have all the pieces, I I really think that they're going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah. And of those four guys you mentioned, Alcantara, Lopez, Rogers, Sixto, who do you think is the ace of the staff? I mean, we saw Alcantara, what he did today against the D-backs, he pretty much had them on lock outside of that uh, one home run he allowed to Josh Rojas. So who do you think is the ace of this Marlins staff right now? It's definitely Alcantara. I, I think when when you look at what he's able to do, you talk about Zach Gallen and how even when he doesn't have his best stuff, you know he's going to keep you in the ball game with a quality start. That's how Alcantara has been because even when he's not on, he's still going to give you six innings, three runs, and you're going to have a shot. And that to me is a sign of an ace. Is a guy that even when he doesn't have his best stuff is going to compete and give you five, six innings. And then when he's on, which is most of the time, he's going to dominate. And, and that's what I'm starting to see from him. He's not quite on that level of dominance that you'd see from, you know, some of the other quote unquote aces in the league, but he's the guy on the staff that you can rely on the most. And that has really just been a stud, but Rogers is probably the hottest pitcher right now mm. for the staff, but just too young to get that nod yet. Arm and I will wrap up the pod with that recap of first I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. 
This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts a car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. Winder, often and pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockout.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockout.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-yourselfers. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and wrap up the pod. Yeah, this Marlins team is supremely young, honestly, at least from their rotation perspective. So what what is like, who is your core group of guys? I'm guessing it's the main four pitchers we just talked about, but not, not who's your main core. That's a bad question. But what's more of the direction this Marlins team you think is going? Because I don't, I don't know. So after that Giancarlo Stan trade a few years ago, I still don't know the direction of this team after hiring Derek Jeter a few years ago. And what, have you, what are your overall thoughts on just the Jeter experience too? I might as well uh, throw that in there as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, that, that whole thing, it, the ownership transition was, was interesting. I think people had these unrealistic expectations that Derek Jeter and, you know, Bruce Sherman are going to come in and just change everything. Like the way that we've seen Steve Cohen do with the Mets, mm-hmm. it, just no team that's going to buy the Marlins is going to have the kind of money to do that. I mean, and, and not very many owners or people in the world are as rich as Steve Cohen. And the reality with the Marlins were, was that they were just a perennially mediocre team, even with Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, uh, Stanton never finished over 500 with the Marlins and he was with the Marlins for a long time. So, you know, when you look at that, the fact that they had no pitching, Jose Fernandez dies and your system is the worst in baseball. And it's not like you have the lowest payroll. How are you going to get better from them? There's no way. So they had to hit the reset button, but the problem is Marlins, the Marlins have hit the reset button a lot of times in the past. And I think people equated this as some of the moves we saw in the past, but I think this was the team or the franchise kind of saying, we got to start over. And you know what? There's been some good moves. There's been some bad moves. But I think overall, this team finally does have a direction, which it never had in the past. And that is something to be excited about. I think the core is starting to come together. They still have a top 10 farm system. A lot of prospects are close to debuting. And the pitching is filled out. And I think that is something where you can finally tangibly see uh, how the team can feasibly put it together in the next year or two. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the Marlins uh like history encyclopedia on baseball reference. Yeah, 2010 to 2019, they didn't have above 500 record. That's insane, actually. Insane. I, I never knew that about Stan, that he was never on like uh, ever like a competitive team in his major nope. league career. So I know. Nope. Do you believe there's con- some conspiracy there when he <laughs> signed and he traded him well, to the Yankees? Well, yeah, that, that, that was a funny one too, because I, I would have believed it if, if Stanton didn't veto every other deal before that, he just, he was like, I'm going to LA or I'm going to New York, or I'm just going to veto until you send me there. <laughs> so I think the Yankees were one of the only teams that could really pony up and, and pay that contract. But uh, I, I am a fan of that conspiracy theory. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're on a losing team, I guess playing in Miami is not the worst thing to do, uh, yeah. not the worst place to play. And then it's like, hey, if you're going to trade me, I'm only going to two other coastal cities. So I get <laughs> yeah, to exactly. play from Giancarlo Stan, honestly. That's a pretty power move. But we talked a lot about the Marlins. So let's talk about today's game because we saw your guy, the ace of the staff, as we mentioned earlier, Sandy Alcantara. He was a stud today. Let me pull up... Uh, the box score real quick because he went six innings. He gave up the one earned run to a, a Josh Rojas. So we're going to talk about a little bit later on this pod when we talk about some of the younger uh, players on this D-backs team. But for the D-backs today, they only scored three runs. It wasn't a great offensive day. And they really squandered it in that top of the eighth inning. That's pretty much where this game uh, unraveled pretty much because the D-backs in the top of the eighth had bases loaded, no outs. And then the guy on the on the Marlins, what's his name? Belier? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Richard Blyer. Blyer, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, he's been, he's been, you know, one of the guys that I think is the most, was the most consistent bullpen arms last year, but he had been giving up more home runs than anybody so far this year. And so when I see that guy come in, in a bases loaded, no, no out situation, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here comes the grand slam. And he got out of that thing. And yeah, I think you're right. That was the big turning point in the ball game, no doubt. Yeah, because the D-backs broadcasters are like, oh, this is a ground ball guy. He's going to come in, try to get a double play, but the D-backs score at least uh, one run. And he just went in there and just was throwing gas against these D-backs players and just got three straight strikeouts with no outs. Like, what? what is that? Honestly, I hate that uh, as a baseball He's a ground fan. ball guy. They're right. Like, I haven't seen him strike out the side, I don't think, ever in a Marlins uniform. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and then in the bottom of the eighth, I mean, this D-backs bullpen is honestly, uh, it's pretty up and down. It's more down than up. There's not one guy in the D-backs bullpen that I honestly even trust. Literally not one guy. I wouldn't put my life on the line for any of those D-backs uh, bullpen pitchers because all of them, I mean, I love J.B. Briskakis. We talked about him on the last time you were here, but since spring training, I mean, he hasn't looked too good this season. He's been pretty up and down. Taylor Clark, he's been pretty bad recently. Kevin Ginkle came in today, gave up three earned runs. Alex Yellen came in today, gave up three earned runs. You gave up that home run to your guy, Brinson, who we were talking <laughs> off the pod. You're saying, what, Marlins fans, Marlins Twitter doesn't like this guy? Civil War or something? Yeah, let's see, Brinson's the most likable guy around, but he's gotten so many chances at this point. And, you know, he was a top 10 prospect and mm. the centerpiece in the Yelich deal. So when you have that guy just really struggling over the last few years and he's really struggled, uh, I think fans, I've been really just begging for the team to DFA him and uh, which is horrible, but uh, <laughs> they, they want to see the roster spot used elsewhere. And now he's hitting well. So you have the like half of Marlon's Twitter. That's like, I told you so, like he could still do it. Byron Buxton, whatever site, any player that was a late bloomer, or you have the other side, which is like, 
who cares? It's one game. Uh, he's going to go right back to disappointing you all over again. And it's become like a big uh, point of discussion for Marlins fans. But I think the objectively just accurate thing is just to be happy anytime any of your players succeed and just hope that it continues as crazier things have happened than somebody like Lewis Brinson figuring it out. But I do, I am still cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm not going to be sold on one left-handed Homer. Uh, you know, that that's something that he always kind of did a little bit of. Yeah. Baseball is probably the weirder sport for that in terms of like late bloomers or guys starting off their careers, like scorching hot. And then all of a sudden just falling off. I mean, you see it in basketball sometimes, someone like Julius Randle's having a all NBA kind of season, but I feel like in baseball more than ever, you see a guy like Ben attendee came out scorching hot for the Red Sox. And all of a sudden it's like, what happened to that guy? So there's definitely a chance for Brinson to still figure it out because in baseball, I mean, with these prospects, I, I try to not, I mean, you're the prospect guy. You, you love talking prospects, but when it comes to prospects for me, I try to kind of stay away from it because it's such a fluky game. It's basically like gambling, honestly. It really, really is. It's, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, the, the big thing with baseball too is so much of it's, you know, between the ears. It's, it's so much of it is mental and uh, you can't really scout that. <laughs> you can't really scout how that guy's going to handle failing seven out of 10 times at best. You can't really, you know, see how they're going to make those adjustments, uh, you know, week to week. Uh, it's just so different. And, and that's where it just makes baseball so unpredictable and something could click. Baseball is, is just that way. And I think you're spot on on that one. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens in terms of Brinson, and we'll see what happens with some of these young, other young players, Jazz Chisholm, because I, I like that guy, honestly. He was doing good for my fantasy team, so hopefully uh, he comes back and keeps balling out. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Arm Lane. Be on the lookout for part two coming out tomorrow. And remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Baskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!